Hey lady, do you sometimes feel like you've lost yourself? Are you internalizing your feelings and walking around on eggshells either at home or at work? Maybe there is something missing in your life, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. Or even worse, you know what it is, but you feel stuck and you can't move forward. Well, I have been there more often than I care to admit. I spent more than 20 years climbing the corporate ladder only for it to come to an abrupt end during a 10-minute meeting. (laughs) I was so busy climbing that ladder to satisfy one aspect of myself that I neglected to take the time I needed to really focus on how to achieve true balance in every aspect of my life. Hi, I'm Anya Day, and welcome to the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast where I give women practical tips on how to find their voice through changing their mindset, identifying their passion, and owning their story. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So, go grab your favorite glass of wine or cup of tea if you're driving. Relax, and let's peel away the layers of our complex onion to unleash our authentic voice that the world deserves to hear. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. This week's episode is near and dear to my heart. Well, they all are near and dear to my heart, but I want to talk about somewhat of a sensitive subject. So on this podcast, I always talk about owning your story, and that includes me, not just the people who listen to this. And, you know, although I consider myself fairly private person. I've definitely been more vulnerable in the last year or two. And I want to talk about this, not because I want people all up in my business, because I don't. And I have been thinking about this for months, actually, for a while, but was never quite sure how to bring it to you guys and achieve what I want to achieve. But at the end of the day, I know it's a lot of people out there who may be in similar situations, you know, the characters may change and some of the stuff may change, but at the end of the day, I think there are people who could resonate with what I'm going to talk about. So when it comes to trying to start a business or going through some major life event, and it takes a lot to do that. And when you couple that with the fact that you're having challenges in your relationship, then is extremely challenging. And sometimes, to be honest with you, I feel like, you know, I have my own bona fide shit show. And my husband and I have a friend named Brad who always talks about how much money we would make if we just cut the cameras on 24-7. Because unfortunately, that's how much drama is in our life. Unfortunately and fortunately, you know, there are some good drama. But anyway, without further ado, I want to introduce today's guest, which is my husband, Kevin Bell. So Kevin, say hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? So I thought it was important to have a conversation. If I'm going to talk about this subject that I needed to have the conversation so you can also, so it's not a one-sided conversation, so you hear my husband's perspective. And like I said, the goal isn't for people to be all up in our business. It's really to just be able to share and hopefully provide tools and techniques about how we hold it together. I mean, sometimes it's barely holding it together, but at the end of the day, we both do fairly well with trying to do other things while we're trying to do this relationship for the most part. So a brief overview about our backstory. I I guess I'll start from when I was 12. So Kevin was my boyfriend when I was 12. He was what I would consider my first love. And we were together. And maybe you could chime in. We were together, I guess, almost two years for the most part. And one day, Kevin wasn't there anymore. He actually was incarcerated when we were younger. And it was really devastating to me because in my mind, he was like my first love. There was just some special connection with us. And he went away. 
to make it even more devastating, um, and I know I've never shared this on this podcast. Oh my goodness, wait. <laughs> Let me just say it because there's some people who probably don't even know this. But at the time I was pregnant, I didn't know that I was pregnant. I didn't find out until later when Kevin was gone and I actually ended up having a miscarriage. And this was really devastating because I was young. I hadn't told anybody, I don't think at that point. And just confused and ashamed and a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. So then fast forward to a few years later, you know, we did see each other again, but we basically were not a couple after that for a significant amount of time. So the timing just was never right. He came home at one point and I was already moving on in a different direction, which I'm, well, I'm sure we'll get into the college thing in a, at some point because I think it's something that's passionate to him. And the fast forward part, and we'll fill in some of the gaps, is we both went on separate ways and moved on with our lives and ended up in different long-term relationships. And then fast forward to a few years ago. Wow. The years that you were on. Mother 2011, 2012. If you listened to last week's episode, I actually said something about, I think I mentioned this, but when my grandmother, for me, I've mentioned that I go through these major evaluations of life when people close to me die. And when my grandmother, my maternal grandmother passed away, I had been married for 17 years, probably at that point. And there was nothing wrong with my husband, per se. I just didn't want to be married anymore. I didn't want to be married to him. We just had grown in different directions and said I got married too young and all that other stuff. But Kevin and I ended up getting together around that time. And it caused so much drama in both of our lives. We definitely didn't go about it the right way. Well, I don't, I don't say that we didn't go about it the right way. I think that the disruption that was caused actually drew us closer because we leaned in on each other because we both were getting the blowback. Right. All direction. Right. They thought we were bucking what they thought was normal. Right. But we were actually following what we had always planned So, you know, when people ask, I've had this conversation before with, even with Kevin, like to me, I don't know how you define love. I think everybody has sort of definition of love and a lot of people don't understand our relationship. And to be honest, I don't give a shit. Right. Second, I don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, I'm always I don't give a shit person. Right. So I can honestly say that I have been the happiest I've ever been in my life with Kevin, but also I've had some of the most challenging times in terms of a relationship with Kevin. But when I think about love... Notice how she defined challenge. What did I say? Challenging times with Kevin. (laughs) If that's not a power player defining that she is actually meet or met her match, I don't know what else to call. Okay. <laughs> so when I think about love, to me, you know, it's it's hard to like give it a tangible thing. But for me personally, I would think, you know, it's allowing yourself to be like completely transparent and vulnerable with somebody and it's like they see your neck itself and there's like this spiritual connection when Kevin and I first got back together there was so much mental stuff going on in turn we were having an emotional affair there's no other way for me to describe it it was an emotional affair there was that connection that spiritual connection that deeper connection that we have always had and without the physical even being there initially. Exactly. I think that because we were older, 
and we both were experiencing difficulties at the time, transitioning back into the real world, you unhappy and unfulfilled where you were. I think we both were feeling empty and the only thing that filled each other up was each other. So you're right, it was more spiritual than anything. Did I knock something off the desk? Yeah, we were actually giving each other what we needed at the time spiritually. Because I can't remember very many physical exchanges. Not until I think you actually moved. I think that is what keeps us together. That friendship, that connection, that I felt like I could say whatever to Kevin. And I think he felt like he could say whatever to me. And at the time, because we were each other's escape, each other's safe place, then there wasn't any friction. But if I look at that time and now, somehow (laughs) all this other stuff has happened. There have been, we've had all of this blame, all of this betrayal, this disrespect, all of these challenges. We've had a lot of challenges within our relationship that does damage over time. And the toxicity, it burns a hole in your heart at some point. And it can thrive and fix itself, but you have to acknowledge that those hurts and pains are there and figure out how to heal them. Kevin and I... We definitely can't ignore them. Yeah. We don't ignore them, but I, we clearly don't deal with them in the right way. Oh, no. No delusion of what or how people view things. The way we, we deal with it is just totally... Well, I'm not going to say it's not very unorthodox. It's not effective, and I guess that's the point. I wouldn't say that it's not effective. I mean, if we're going to be honest, this is what the podcast is about. How we help each other, but how we hinder each other at the same time and how the power structures collide and how together we are, but so different, right? So I wouldn't say that it's not effective. I think that it's effective. We both take the time to listen to each other instead of talking at each other. Right. There's a difference, big difference. Right. I would agree with that. So as you all know, whenever I share stuff, I don't go. It's not to share just to be sharing on my business. It is to have some type of purpose behind it. And to me, if I were to like put this episode in a nutshell, because this isn't intended to be like a relationship podcast, but to put it in a context of what I always talk about is... I'm all for people identifying their passion and really following their purpose and living whatever calling is on their life. And I truly believe that my calling is to pour back into others in a way because of some of the challenges that I've gone through. You know how often I get asked that question, how do I make it? How do I do it all? I get that question a lot. And so I know that although there are times where I may have challenges. People look up to me because of my ability to remain resilient, to remain determined, to still get up. Y'all might not see me every day. Y'all might not necessarily see me on social media. But you know what, guys? I get to see the opposite side of that. (laughs) I get to see the vulnerability. I get to see the tears. Mm -hmm. I get to see the pain. I get to see the frustrations. I get to be the blame. For all you guys or gals, that she's Wonder Woman, more human than anything. Can't imagine. I can count the gray hair. <laughs> so today's 20 minutes later, we're going to focus on, so how do you follow your purpose and really own your authentic self and still balance a healthy relationship? I may be the only one who goes through my level of shit, but, and I'm not trying to say that in a negative way towards you, but you're a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're a lot. It's toxic. We don't hear to sell anybody half truths. No, exactly. So it's a daily challenge. Some days we do better than others. So that's what I want the focus of this conversation to be. 
Okay, if you guys could hear that, that was us pouring a drink. It sounded like somebody using the bathroom. That's why I just had to laugh. <laughs> okay, so so somehow, like I said before, you know, we went from being the best of friends to really pushing each other's buttons. And there are so many broken promises and emotional baggage with that. Some of it is with each other. Some of it with other people that it just becomes draining for both of us. And we're at this point being completely transparent and vulnerable because- I over think that's an understatement. Yes. <laughs> that's why we need the bottle of Jack. <laughs> okay. So 2020, you know, was very challenging for many people and because of COVID and because of other things. And it was truly a nightmare for us as well as a couple for a variety of reasons. We had COVID to deal with. I lost my job at the beginning of the year. We had infidelity. He put it out there. We had infidelity to pull it to deal with. We had homeschooling to deal with. We had divided siblings to yep. deal with. Yes, I mean, you name it. We've had multiple a- households to deal with. I mean, that depended on us to pull our weight so that they could have a shoulder to lean on. Right. And makes it an already complicated situation much worse. And at the same time, I think that there was why we was going through that, because I had made the decision that I didn't want to look for another job, partially because I was mentally drained. But the other part of it was part of one of our biggest arguments would be, and there were several themes, but one was about my attention to the computer. And infidelity and it doesn't always have to be a man <laughs> did you really just say yeah okay so there are times where I felt like I'm sure he probably felt like I was more passionate about the business than him it wasn't the business it was just the computer itself was like it hypnotized me I believe if the damn thing had a penis you were married but there are times where I felt like you were more focused on other things than me for this situation. I think that's the mistake really started us on the wrong path. You believing that I was more attentive to other things instead of you. The things I attended to and everything allowed me to be able to be attentive to you. Everything that I did and was doing that provided finances. Certain people I know, you don't like to see me deal with and do things with or whatever and how you view things. But it's not like, even though you're very independent, you don't need anybody for anything. But you expect for a person to play their part and do their due diligence. That's not a mistake. That is very accurate. You're right. <laughs> that is extremely accurate. So everybody don't play the game when your level the way you play it on your court. That's what we bought in. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. So, but you just didn't like my dealings with certain people. You didn't even understand that I was scratching their back so they could scratch mine. Right, but the only one who should be scratching your back should be you. I understand that. <laughs> you had your own trials and tribulations and lookovers and promises and everything from corporate levels. I didn't feel as though what I was doing in there didn't need to be a distraction. I got it. So as you can imagine, so building a business is hard enough. But you know me, the overachiever. I thought it would be somehow I, we technically own five businesses, I think. Right? But I think I am actively running. actively five of being actually attentive to. Right. I think the other two will probably come into place and we can get everybody in our immediate family to actually be active part of what's going on. And when I say that, I, I mean of course Dana and I and our our kid. I think that all seven up and running. Well, so when it comes to 
just sort of trying to navigate. There are things that because both of us were in relationships with different people who are very much polar opposites of the individuals who we are. So my past relationship person, my ex was the exact opposite of Kevin and Kevin's ex is the exact opposite of me. Wow. And you know what? You brought that up the first time ever in our relationship to me. You've never presented it that way, but now I look at it. (laughs) Totally right. You say all the time that you're not. Yeah, but I never categorized it that way. I had never looked at it as, damn, it's like vice versa on both sides. Yeah, you were. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. You're not right, because normally I just let you say it. I don't bring it up in your face like. Oh, I say it differently. You know, we have a different way of communicating. Yeah, I'll say you know, that. That's, that's always good to say. So, you know, I'm still learning that just because I'm excited about something doesn't mean he is. Oh, babe, don't you want to give him the example about the truck thing? When we first, the freight broker business? That's well, one well, of our businesses. Well, it was an interesting thing. My son-in-law brought it up to me. No, he, before that. Our... The Bell Five Star Freight, not the other thing. Not him. I'm talking about the broker stuff. The books. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Dana decided that we should become a brokerage. Anya, by the way. Anya. It's okay. Anya. Anya, Dana. Yeah, Anya, I'm sorry. You encouraged me, right? She brought it up to me in there that we should look in the brokerage part of the trucking. And I thought that it was very interesting when you looked at the volume of money that the brokers were making. I mean, just looking at it on a screen. And then you start reading. And as you read, you notice and everything that what you're reading and everything never has a bottom to it because they're always altering and changing it. So it just seemed like a very overwhelming thing. If you read one rule one day and everything tomorrow it could be something different. You have to be the one to keep up with it in this industry, especially after Tracy uh what's the comedian's name? Oh uh, Morgan? Yeah, Tracy Morgan Hudson. And they passed that law for truck. I was all for it at first. I was excited. Damn yeah, let's get that money, girl. Come on, let's let's go. I got you. And I felt. And then Dana decided, okay, well, he all for it. Let me sign us up for the course. She signed us up for the course, and the books came. <laughs> and when the books got here, and I got to read the preview of what I was going to have to do and what the courses were about and how technical they were and how interchanging the business can be. And how it might not be 15 years from now, and you have to apply for so many permits throughout each state, and you have to have this factoring company, and then you have to have different types of assurances for different types of loads that you carry. I said, This is some motherfucking headache. <laughs> I threw the book at her and told her, Don't put it right in my face. And for and me, I, and by then, for her, she was already all in, and she pursued it. And she accomplished it. And she got it done. And I never studied that one page of that book because the first section, which was the preview, gave me a headache. <laughs> and I said, I just can't do it. And for me, I was excited because, one, for a couple of reasons. I felt like it was something that didn't require physical labor, which is what his challenge was with our home improvement business and finding good help. And getting out there, and as your body gets older, you can't see her and I have a, a very different perspective on <laughs> physical labor. That right there and everything was like lifting weights with your mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't born with those type of abilities. I'm sorry. And he has a cousin who actually, that was the first person who introduced me to this whole trucking idea. I knew I wanted to own trucks, but because I had lost my job, I couldn't just go out here and buy a truck. I knew I needed a different pathway 
to earn more and to be able to do it. So the freight broker thing came up as, oh, oh, that's cool. And we could just sit here and I could broker and he could talk to drivers. He's really good at building relationships. I had it all figured out for him thinking, oh, he's going to be all gung ho. He took one look at that book. And like he said, he was trying to pay somebody, y'all. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I said, what, I what's going on of, with your class? I called a friend of mine and, you know, maybe I shouldn't put this on here. Because this, this is like <laughs> you that. don't need to tell who it is. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell who it is, but I still shouldn't tell Miss Tragedy because then I'd be like that Jenny Laughlin girl that was trying to buy her. Hmm? Oh, my gosh. Lord. Her child. It's the college. Okay. Well, anyway, so back to the conversation. So we're just different. And there are other things that it's just been an adjustment. I I never considered myself, my communication style is my communication style. And I know I have a sharp tongue, a very sharp tongue. And, you know, I could cuss somebody out, but I'll cuss them out. And I never considered that I was talking at him or I was talking to him sometimes as he was like one of the kids or one of my staff or his favorite thing to say is, you know, like we in a board meeting. And these are things I am just learning to be more conscious and aware. Uh, But likewise, you also talk to me like. Well, somebody who don't have no common sense. I will. Let me explain. (laughs) I I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. First one needs to understand that I've been doing what I've been have been doing for many years. I started at fourteen. I left home. Never went back home. Never been back home to my mom's house since fourteen. Always was on my own. When you grow up that way at that age, trying to live and fend for yourself and survive out here in the world, you tend to start developing, I'm not even going to call it a street sense, you call it a common sense when dealing with the multiple abundance of people that you have to deal with to get to where you need to be, especially if you're determined to be more than what you are. So as soon as she starts talking, after her first five sentences, I already know what she's saying and what she wants. I don't understand why she had to go another 15 minutes past the first five sentences before I can say okay and tap out. But she has to repeat it. She has to explain it. She has to direct it. She has to exploit it. And I'm like, wow, we in a movie. And my wife has a tendency of being so professional that she doesn't know how to separate her professionalism from her job and her personal life. So when she talks to us here in the home, it's like she's in a fucking board. <laughs> <laughs> like, we already know what our job descriptions are, and we are not following them, and these are the guidelines to the job description when... You sign them, and I'm like, the fuck is this? I, I've never lived this way. And then she talks to you in such a way. She curses you out without saying a curse word. I mean, it's almost like, I don't know, like, I guess nobody's ever been shrunk before, but I mean. Did you say shrunk? Yeah. I mean, you, mm. you tried. Okay. And, and then it comes a point in there day where you got to fight back. And she, she don't like to come back because my words aren't as um, tactful. I'm not going to call them tactful. They tactful because they do exactly what I want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> they get the job done. What they aren't is very, I don't have the abundance of vocabulary that you have. So, I mean, your words have basically the same meaning without the uh, raunchiness of the slang so, of the meaning. Just a tip for future reference. If you're communicating with your partner, and this goes both ways, and the person is saying, you frustrate me the way you're communicating, and then the other person says, but it gets the job done then it doesn't get the job done for them. 
It don't get the job done if it just makes me more angry. It doesn't fix the problem. And I think... But you know what's crazy though about that? Even though you say it doesn't fix the problem, I kind of disagree. Because what normally end up happening is you stupid to my level and, and throwing gutter at words because I can't even pronounce the shit that you say. I can, I can never jump up there as far as my vocabulary. But I can use words in such a, a way that people understand my point. What normally ends up happening is after we finish saying what we got to say and make each other feel so damn bad, we end up in a fucking room. Making love for about an hour and a half. It's more than everything. It's like the shit never even fucking happened. And we both realized we both have been saying the same goddamn thing, but it's in a different way. But I think therein lies the problem. So, and I can say, and I've said this to my therapist, (laughs) like that it's a pattern. We have these toxic interactions and conversations and we're arguing about, I'm going to use something really random. So it's been a mosquito flying around in here. We arguing about the mosquito, but the mosquito not really the problem. It's the fact that we left the door open is the problem. Like, it's always that we argue about something. You know what? That was a very deep. (laughs) That was deep. (laughs) Did you like that, baby? I really did. Okay. That interpretation of what's going on with us is so fucking direct. Not only is it direct, it was just very... Timely. Yeah. (laughs) Because the mosquitoes running around in here. But check this out. (laughs) That would mean one will have to sit back and actually figure out who the fuck left the door open. You are. I love that. Yes, I would agree. So I think that, like, we definitely agree. I mean, anybody will agree. You're stronger as a team than you are apart. And KB, as I affectionately call him, that's what I love to call him when. Like, when you're my boo, when you're my, like, thing, KB, you have all sorts of names. But anyway, so we clearly have proven that we can get stuff done together. Well, everybody tells us that all the time. Right. They say we a power couple. Everybody would be more, I I shouldn't say more upset than we would if we got a divorce. I'm just saying. They probably do. (laughs) Right. Hold on, no, 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 no. It wasn't me calling. You showed me up. <laughs> you're so direct with that, and you're so completely right. They would be very heartbroken if we broke up, because that means there would be a lot of people out here that wouldn't be able to get certain things done the way they want them done. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's way. Well, I'm not gonna say that you um, you can't do certain things. Follow me. But it's no way it'll get done the way it's been getting done for the last seven, eight years. Right. And they know it. Right. We are, I can't describe it. We're just really, when it comes to certain stuff and business and getting stuff done. So although I'm just going to shoot straight, Kevin can be really an ass sometimes and not supportive. And for a long time on a daily, weekly, at least weekly basis, I would hear if your penis had a computer, you wouldn't have any use for me. Like there was if this... your computer had a penis. Oh, see, I think your penis had a. Shut up. Damn, that, that's something to think about. Let's get your penis a computer. Yes. If your penis had a computer, then maybe we would be having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if your computer had a penis, then you wouldn't have any use for me, and that's not true and I think everything is relative Kevin I'm just if you don't want me put out there then you can correct me but in my opinion Kevin would be happy as a tip if I just sat on the couch and he had his head in my lap all day long (laughs) like I think he would be cool with that 
Yeah, I would because I would already have other things in place and everything to compensate for that. And that's what bothers you about me because I play life like I play chess. And you like, it's okay for you to just lay here and do nothing all day long. And then at the last minute, you'll jump up. And all of a sudden, miraculously, everything's done. I don't understand that. And this is where you and I differ at. I don't believe that it takes a whole 30 days in a month to pay the bills for the month and plus get something extra and everything to enjoy the rest of the month. First five days and everything should cover everything. The other 25 should be ours. This is how I'm living. But that's the thing. If your way was working and not causing extra stress on one or both of us, then it would be considered effective. But when in the end, so, and I don't believe that we have to go the same but, path. But the, the stress that's on you is... Yeah, it's stressful to me. Yes, it's stressful to you because I take too many chances. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your shit is too stressful to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the chances I take. And it's always been with me in life. If I don't jump out there, I'll never find out how deep the water is. And that's always been an adventure for me. And every time I did, it was either sink or swim. And I've been so determined and everything to never sink. I'm going to do what I got to do. And that's what you hate about me, too. You hate that I'm a risk taker. No. But, but you love the fact that I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And it may seem like a bit of an oxymoron, but your risk taking ain't the average risk taking. I'm sorry. You could ask 10 people, including 10 people you know who run in your circle, they're not going to take the risk that you're going to take. And sometimes it is effective. And sometimes it bites us in the ass. And there may, may not be legal ramifications. It may not be well, immediate you realize, financial you realize ramifications. A person is only going to take a risk that they know that they have a, the potential of cover. And maybe the other 10 people that you speak of is in my circle has been so long allowing me to lead the risk takers and then follow behind me, they've always had my back, even when I failed. Because I wasn't <laughs> the one who wasn't afraid to do what they are afraid of. They always say, we're going to let that fool go first. And if he made it, we know we did it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would always rebel to be that person. The risk taker, because it's always made me a front runner. It's nobody that can come to you in my life and tell you that I follow other people outside of Zebedee Hawkins, who's dead, man. Been gone down for 20 something years. He taught me what I know. He taught me to be a risk taker. And I think that's what actually made you and I even closer after the mental bonding that we had because we were going through so much. You were ready to do something different. I was ready to do something different. And we weren't afraid of putting our money where our mouth was. Right. But I think that, I don't, and we don't, we don't have to debate, especially not today. <laughs> the whole, everybody's tolerance, risk tolerance is different. Everybody's perspective of, and that's the whole thing. That's part of what I'm going to get to in a second. Everybody's perspective is their perspective. Period. And I can't argue. I see through a lens and you see through a different lens when it comes to certain things. And there's nothing to say that one is right, wrong, or indifferent. There are different consequences to different choices. That's the way I see it. I think that for us, sometimes we can work very effectively through those things. And sometimes we can't because it's not healthy to have those conversations, even sleep in separate rooms is normally a three day max. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Like we never go three days. It's like a, it's like a timer. It's like a it's three days. My husband is. I'm just gonna be honest. My husband's used to having sex on a regular, daily basis. So that's part of it. Two or three, maybe four times. To be totally honest with you, 
but there has been days and everything we had going on in three days. That was like real big blow up. Right. And that was like you telling me you want to eat out of what I consider my, my property. Just like it's your property, it's our property, you know? And I just felt as though you weren't, you're not pushing me out <laughs> like you did previously with other people. I Maybe I'm not as understanding out. as other people are. And I'm just not that person. I mean, you stay the fuck away from me, I stay the fuck away from you, but no, I'm not into this. Are you crazy? So, yeah. <laughs> you you say whatever you want to say. But we spend this shit at. Yeah. <laughs> RS going to put most of it on me because I'm the man. You got me twisted. Uh-uh. No, I don't think that we have fundamentally, physically, or emotionally pushed it to the point where we need to be dismounting businesses that has taken eight years to build. Now, if you want to dismantle physical reaction for that before I'm ready to dismantle our names and what we uh, accomplish, I can have no problem with leaving the property. But when I come to my property, I want full access. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what you doing? Uh, he always tells me that, well, two things. One, he not giving me no divorce. Two, we would need to, no matter what, wherever he goes, when he come back, his key better work. <laughs> he was like, I will give you your physical space if you feel like you really need it at some point in time. That's right. But my it's, key it's better it's work. You, you my wife. I married you. It's, it's my obligation and everything to keep you maintained and happy. You know, but if you start dismantling what I feel as though I've achieved at this point in my life that defines me, makes me feel more appreciated about what I've gone through, what I've lost, what I've achieved, and what I've accomplished. Yeah, then we got a problem. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we got a real problem. I mean, you can hang your space. How many years you want? How many months you want? <laughs> but I'm going to be coming back and forth. Okay. And when I stick my key in my door, my shit don't turn. Oh, we got a trucking business. One of them damn trucks coming through this house. See, y'all, you cannot say that. (laughs) It's mine. I'm sorry. Okay. Figure of speech of Lee. If a truck ever comes through the damn house, the insurance company is not going to pay because they're going to say that Mr. Bell said. Oh, well. Hopefully by then, Mr. Bill will have millions of dollars. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Of all these, these businesses we do. So, okay. That's fair. So, I think it is safe to say that we're going to make... This is going to end up being a two-part episode. So, I want you guys to make sure that you, you tune in next week. Because I'm sure we're going to... Because we have more we want to cover. Um, we, more, we haven't even... We haven't even scratched the surface. This is dead. This is over. Right. So, straight off into so many different variables of the relationship and everything. It's like the, one of those movies that you watch where they show you the present and then they rebound. But no. Okay. So this goes to the other thing. So, you know, we've said and we've entertained that whole idea that you and I would potentially do something separate anyway. Our own little separate show you wanted to do it on YouTube. So, hey, this can... We're not done because we still need to have more in this conversation. Yeah, I'm but I'm to, just saying... You said a two-part episode but I, I'll probably say it. <laughs> to really explain it all and for everybody to get understanding what's going on, mm-hmm. the, the dynamics of the children, the but dynamics it, of the baby mamas, the dynamics of the infidelity, the dynamics of... Oh, so the issues. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. We can't cover all of that, <laughs> nor do I think we want to, yeah. without a licensed professional on hand. And, but, we, and we may want to include one. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting, actually. Yeah, it, may, I, it may help so much. So what we are going to talk about is, so then how do you fix your shit show of a life? 
and fix your purpose and your personal life at the same time and juggling all of these chainsaws or balls in the air, you know, we've already said is a challenge. So I think for the next piece we'll get into now is just so that's tips. part due yeah that's part due i mean most would call it too i'll tell you that's part due because i think you guys are overdue for a very insightful exciting chapter per podcast and um you know this will probably be a rare event i mean you know because i'm a very outspoken person. I really don't care about what I say, what I do, and how people feel about me. That's just my general demeanor. I don't give a fuck no for real. We all know. But anyway, we're not going to tell anybody a secret. But now I will. Let's so let's actually touch on that before we go to the second part because that is a big issue between you and I is the level of, so for me, yes, I do believe in being my authentic self and transparency and vulnerability, but it comes with a price and a cost. And I also consider myself a private and discreet person. And it does. I don't share everything with everybody. And my husband, on the other hand, I she is everything with everybody. Because, Because my thought pattern has always been, you don't do things in your life that you're ashamed of. Or that you wanted to hide that someone else can learn from. But I think whatever you experienced in your life and whatever you went through, as long as you open and honest about it, you never forget where you come from. And because you don't forget where you come from, you never make the same mistake. I believe a lot of us and everything try to hide so many things from so many people. Later on in life, it causes us pain because what's done in the dark will always come to light. And when it does, we're not willing to deal with it because we didn't deal with it at the time that we did it. I agree with that to a degree, but I think that it is also true that you have to have something, especially when it comes to a relationship. The more you share, the more you open yourself up to criticism, to judgment. Who cares about criticism? A a lot of us and everything look at criticism as being something and everything that's self-corrected, okay? Me explaining what what I mean by self-corrected, once you put it out there and it's in the atmosphere and it comes back to you, you evaluate what the responses are and everything and you correct it what you want it to be. And we all are human. Nobody's perfect. It was only according to history. I've never been a history buff, but According to history, there was only one perfect person that ever existed, and that was Jesus Christ, right? So we're all imperfect, okay? And being imperfect, unless you accept that you are imperfect, you're going to always have something to hide. I also, we're just going to agree to disagree because everything is not for everybody. Well, everything is not for everybody. But I mean, when it comes to you and your character and people looking at your lifestyle and everything, it shouldn't have to always be a closed book. Of course, there's going to be things in our life with our friends, our family, ourselves and everything. We probably wouldn't share that. It's just very much too personal. But you know, this is why celebrities have to have bodyguards because people don't view them as normal people. I want to be viewed as just another average joke, regardless of where this takes us and where we go with it. You know, I just want to be another average joke. You see me on the street, hey, what's up? What hey, I'm going to do the same thing you want to do, regardless of what the numbers are. But I'll use this as an example. One that I think you can identify. You have said to me before, at one point, which clearly ain't true because you're very close to many of my family members, I would think. I would say you're close to some of them. Anyway, you have said that you didn't want to be like Facebook friends and certain things with certain family friends, people that I knew or like close friends and family because you don't want somebody to see you out in the street doing whatever whatever that may be, and then having something to say or passion judgment. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. That's what I mean by everything isn't for everybody. It's one of those things that well, does cause a divide. You can share all you want about your stuff, but when it comes to me and stuff that you know that I am extremely sensitive about I and would, I don't have the same viewpoint. I would not do it. Oh, that's bullshit. No, well. 
not here on the podcast. Oh, I, I know. But, but maybe with family members, I've done it. Yes, and, and, and it's and, caused friction. Yes, yeah, and, what I'm and it has caused friction because everybody's not ready to deal with the truth. But when I married you, you knew that I was a truthful telling person. And I was at the point in my life where, again, like I say, I didn't give a fuck. And I still don't give a fuck. I mean, and I don't want anybody to take it out of the wrong context when I say that. Meaning, if you don't like what I do, if you don't like what I say, if you don't like who I am, it's not my duty in life to make you love me. I've always been an independent person, so I'm not going to rely on another person and everything to see me through because I'm always that way. But like I tell my wife, she they work. I play life like I play chess, and not very many people have beaten me besides Adrian's brother and Shaku Ali. And Adrian is a good friend of my mother's mom. Her brother kicked my ass, and so did Shaku. But I learned Shaku's game, and I he hasn't been able to beat me since. So, in saying all that, I'm a learner. I look at everything and I learn from it. And I play life like I play chess. And if anybody knows how complicated chess is, you know when everything that a person is always five to six moves ahead of his opponent. So, before you come for me, you already know that I got you paid. I was just using it as an example of something that we have a strong difference of opinion about. <laughs> Let me just say that. We can make that a whole episode right there. Thank you for joining the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review because I welcome and value your feedback. You can also tag me in your stories at It's On Your Day so I can personally connect with you and know who is in my tribe. I am looking forward to continuing to work with you to write your own story. Until next time, grace and peace.